0: In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about judgy bitches, the perfect cocoa selection, immediate death, and having just enough acid in our discussion of Every Heart a Doorway by Shannon McGuire. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books series authors voice actors and illustrators that is full of spoilers i'm amanda
1: and i'm claire and today we're going to discuss every heart a doorway by shannon mcguire
0: standard disclaimer if you haven't read this book, please remember that fictional hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Oh uh, it's book club. It's book clubs, our book club book. And the chat is already going in Discord, which is amazing. So, attention listeners, join our Discord to talk to us about this book. It's super fun. Yes,
1: we're having a great time. Link on our socials at Fiction Hangover, everywhere. Yes, yes. With caveats. It was good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's dive in. Give me some background information. Let's
0: do. Let's dive in okay so i got this from nerdist.com and this article was let's see it came out before the seventh book came out maybe the eighth book because we're on book nine right now book nine is coming out in just a couple of weeks so it might have been before book eight came out but anyway so there was a little bit of information about all of the books and like it was supposedly non-spoilery, but I felt like if I hadn't already read all the series, I, I would have been spoiled. But I took this bit from the beginning. It made me really happy, and it's just a couple of paragraphs, so I'm just going to read them. Cool. Lee Harris, an old acquaintance of Shannon's, was hired by Macmillan to start an imprint. Tor.com Publishing, which I feel like the majority of our books probably come from Tor right? A lot of them. Lot Many of them. of them. A high percentage, yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: we, we like talks.
0: We do. So Seanan recalled, he contacted me and said, you're pretty nice and I don't usually want to kill you with a stick. How would you like to come and write something for my new imprint? Oh, that's so kind. And I thought, this was a brilliant idea, and asked him how much editorial oversight would I have on the first book. And he said, pretty much none. We don't have much money, so we're not paying you as much as we usually would. Therefore, we will not tell you what to do. Which, that sounds great, by the way. (laughs) So, she goes on. This presented the opportunity that Shannon had been waiting for. She said, Hey, can I do a boarding school for survivors of portal fantasies? And he said, No one is going to read that. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so now, with a new book about to be released, we can say that, you know, a handful of people have read them. So
1: he was wrong. He was wrong. <laughs> ha. Take that!
0: No one can read them.
1: That is that is the positivity (laughs) that you need going into a new venture. That's that's true friendship right there. I don't want to kill you with a stick. Do you want to? But I will kill
0: your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I I really enjoyed that. (laughs) You know what though um Uh. moving moving over into initial thoughts um you know i've read i've read all of these before and you haven't read them so Mm -hmm. uh when but when i was first introduced to them someone told me to read them and actually it's our good friend and moderate super fan on instagram glam glam jen Glemglan mm. Jen told me to read these books. And she was like, yeah, the first one's called Every Heart a Doorway. And I went, Ugh. Uh Really? You want me to read oh, that? Oh, she
1: judged a book by its title. I judged
0: the book by the title. And I did not think that I would love it. But I finally read it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Why didn't I read these so much sooner? They're so good. So, that's my initial thought. Because you
1: judged the book I by title. I did. It, so. I judged. I judged. Oh, you judgy bitch. <laughs> judgy, judgy bitch.
0: <laughs> what about you? Did you have any initial thoughts? Did judge. you judge the book by the title or did I tell
1: you too much about it? But you didn't even no, get a chance to judge. No, I didn't really judge. judge the book by its title. The one thing I remember thinking, I hope it isn't like... Um, Oh, was it A Thousand Doors in January? Oh, yeah, A Thousand Doors of January, yeah. Because the book wasn't great, but the audio narration was sublime. Stellar audio. Stellar. And I was thinking, oh, please don't let this be another version of that. Because it seemed to have a somewhat similar, like. Well, it's a portal fantasy. Mm -hmm yeah yeah but no no it's it's really it's really nice it's compact it doesn't beat around the bush it's got some weird ass shit going on which i devour yeah um and i'm so excited and i was so excited that it just it wasn't a conscious decision we'd already had it on we had it on our schedule for quite some time now yes because you know actually we do plan things and people we do, we do we do and this month's book club theme is late to the party because it's late to the party I've A. never read them and B. we've never covered them on the podcast yes. so it's a perfect fit yeah. for our book club theme this month which is also fantastic because it's now our book club read yes because we like resurrected the book club we've resurrected the the, the 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 book club on discord come join us Um, and it wasn't consciously going to be our book club read we just kind of started talking about it with what people who were interested in book club and our regular like super fans mm-hmm. and stuff and they were like yeah we want to read it we'll read it and it helps in part i think because it is an accessible book to get via libraries yes physical or audiobook yes it's been out for a while so
0: not everyone's clambering to get it
1: exactly which makes things a heck of a lot easier but also it's not long I think the audio book was what five hours at normal speed which is tiny fantastic because it's it means that you can join in the book club at a low commitment yes you know it's it's, we're not forcing too much down people or you know people can pick it up a little bit easy and squeeze it in to their regular reading schedule it's a nice chill low commitment book club yeah um, and I really just, yeah, I enjoy that. I, the whole things just kind of come together so nicely. Yes. So my initial thoughts are, yay. Yay.
0: <laughs> All that to say.
1: Yay. All that to say,
0: yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. Yeah. Eleanor West runs a boarding school for troubled teens just stepping into adulthood She tells the parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and or siblings of those dropped off there that she understands they're worried and wants to do what's best for her charges. She tells them that sometimes they suffer delusions and that maybe some time away will help them heal. She's lying to them, of course. She believes what the so-called troubled teens have been through and wants them to get back to where they're supposed to be. Hopefully, she'll get to go back to where she belongs someday, too.
1: Oh. Oh. What? 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 Intrigue oh. already? Nancy, dressed in black and white, with white hair with streaks of black, slowly makes her way up the steps of the manor house that is Eleanor West's school for wayward children. The foyer inside is elegant and antique, and so is the white-haired woman walking down the stairs. Well, she would be elegant if she weren't wearing crazy clashing colours. (sighs) Eleanor gets a good look at Nancy, who is standing perfectly still, and deduces she is from an underworld, which is correct. Eleanor takes Nancy to her room to meet her roommate, Sumi, who did not visit an underworld at all. <laughs> no.
0: Sumi is not like Nancy, even a little bit, and thinks that Nancy is stupid for wanting to go back to her underworld with her stupid dyed hair. But Nancy explains her hair used to be all black Until it was stroked by the Lord of the Dead, who loved her very much, but sent her through a doorway and back into her old world. This world where they currently are. So she could make sure that she wanted to stay with him forever. She wants to more than anything, but now she can't get back She longs for the stillness and darkness of her underworld, but she's here now with a roommate who is bright and colorful and constantly moving and folding origami
1: and playing with string. And is also a judgy bitch, by the way. (laughs) I'm just going to put that in there.
0: Nancy opens her suitcase to unpack and finds that her parents, hoping to convince her to get back to her old self before she was kidnapped, swapped Mm. all her black and white clothes with a rainbow of colors. Which she doesn't like anymore. Sumi does, though. <laughs> I
1: have to win friends over, give them a wardrobe. Yes. Sumi takes Nancy's suitcase and leaves the room, and Nancy has no idea what's going on, so she follows her ridiculously fast roommate at her crawling, death-like pace down the hallways and up to the attic. Can I just say at this point, I'm relating so hard to Nancy. <sighs> like she is my inner self i feel like i'm just i'm just putting it out there (laughs) inside the attic is cade a boy who's a remarkable sewist he keeps up with all the clothes the well-meaning parents try to force their way with children into and also makes new things he swaps nancy's rainbow out with clothing that is more suited to her tastes black and white and classy Back in their room before going to dinner, Sumi asks Nancy if she's sexually interested in Cade and explains that Cade used to be a girl, but when he went through his doorway, everyone there finally realizes he's actually a boy. Nancy is not interested in anyone sexually, boy or girl, and she still doesn't really understand what's going on at this school. Sumi declares her one true love is a candy corn farmer.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I love just the little drops of how, like bonkersumi is yeah. compared to Nancy. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> candy corn farmer. What? <laughs> okay. Have you never had that candy corn farmer moment? If not. I've not. Oh. I think you're missing out. I still have time. You still have time No, I don't door.
0: I don't want a candy corn farmer. <laughs> now it's time to eat and nancy remembers what cafeterias in her old life were like she notices that the school is made up overwhelmingly of girls and prepares herself to find a seat eleanor makes an announcement that nancy is new and still getting adjusted to things so everyone should be on their best behavior for a little while she also requests that no one kill each other right now (laughs) (laughs)
1: like keep
0: all the blood
1: on the inside for now can we have five minutes please (laughs) you know they've got the sign that says number of days without a bloody incident it just lives permanently at zero yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) eleanor privately tells nancy that she'll have a therapy session later that will help her understand everything that's going on around her so that's good because she has no idea what is happening. Nancy finds Sumi sitting at a table with twins, Jack, short for Jacqueline, and Jill, short for Jillian. Jack tries to explain the doors that people go through, like a compass, and how they lead to places that are either logic or nonsense-based, and then that they tend to either be wicked or virtuous, and this is all very confusing.
1: <laughs> all I want is orientation. <laughs> oh is it too much to ask for a prospectus anywho therapy that night is not as enlightening as nancy hoped she needs a prospectus it's led by Lundy, a seemingly eight year old woman and its focus is on people who travel to wicked places Lundy quickly explains about her childlike appearance she made a deal with the fear to stay younger than 18 because that's when she would be being kicked out of her world you don't make deals with don't the Don't make Fae. deals with the Fae. Do not. Nah, Fox. No, no. Nah, Fox. Now she's ageing in reverse. One week every month. After this brief explanation, all those who went through wicked doors have a chance to speak if they want to. And finally, it is Nancy's turn. She doesn't think that she went to a wicked place at all, though there are severe punishments for breaking rules, because the Lord of the Dead was very kind. Cade and Jack interject that these descriptions of wicked or virtuous or whatever are subjective, which brings their session to an end for the night. And we all cheer because that's perfect sense. Yes. The next day, Nancy goes to
0: orientation with Lundy feel like we should have started with orientation with
1: Lundy. Oh, orientation is well overdue.
0: <laughs> Even though it, it really, it's only the next
1: day. But still, so much has happened. Nah. Nah, folks, that needs to be first thing. You step in there and you get orientation.
0: <laughs> Lundy describes all the things Nancy's been confused about in a very confusing way. And <sighs> at the end of her session, she asks if Nancy has any questions. Uh yeah about a million (laughs) she manages to ask one question that Lundy says everyone asks how many get to go back through their doors Lundy explains that some people like herself and Eleanor got to go through their doors several times but generally not many have that opportunity and if they do well she doesn't know about it because they've gone She insists to Nancy that they are trying to teach everyone there to move on, whether that be back through their door, or just
1: on with their lives. Nancy leaves orientation and all she wants to do is cry. She rushes outside, faster than she normally moves, bursts into tears. Jill is there and talks about her master, who was definitely a vampire, and how he didn't like Jack who was too unladylike for his tastes. When he opened a door to send Jack through, Jill came tumbling after, unfortunately. She is certain that her master will find a way for her to return, just like Nancy is certain she'll return to her lord. Jill leaves and then Cade speaks. He was sitting above the girls in a tree as they chatted and now has hopped down to talk to Nancy. Cade talks about his world, Prism, and how he was kicked out for something he would never change, being a boy. He still misses Prism and everything he learned there, but he can't and doesn't want to go back.
0: This just makes me think of unfamiliar with the babies in the basket. You know, it's like, oh, they're, all, they're, yes. always, they're always taking those babies. But, you know, they're always taking girls.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Whoops. Sorry, Cade. Oops. But at least, at least Cade. Got to be who he actually is so that's great
1: exactly.
0: but it's sad yes. that he got kicked out it sucks it sucks for Cade. yeah it does nancy starts lessons a couple of days later some are regular normal school classes and are taught by teachers that drive in from town there are also electives like music and art and one class that is perfectly suited to this school a traveler's history of the great compass In this class, Nancy learns more about the doors being nonsensical, logical, wicked, and virtuous. There are other smaller directions on the compass, but as per usual, it's all very confusing. Though most nonsense worlds are virtuous and most logical worlds are wicked, Nancy really thinks that her underworld is logical and virtuous, which is entirely possible. She talks with Sumi that night before she runs off somewhere to do something nonsensical and tries to learn how old she is. But Sumi answers in a riddle, because
1: of course she does. (sighs) Nancy wakes up the next morning to screaming. She assumes it's Sumi screaming about something ridiculous because that seems like something she would do, but she's alone in their room. Nancy leaves, trying to find the source of the screaming, and, well, yeah, she was kind of right... The screaming has to do with Simi, but it's because she's dead and her hands are missing. Damn it! Lots of the students gather around and Nancy thinks they'll all think she's responsible because she came from an underworld. But Eleanor assures them all that that's not true. Then Jack arrives and the accusations begin. Kid suggests Nancy take Jack to her room and he says he will find Jill. Nancy takes Jack by the hand, and they go to the room she shared with Sumi. Isn't Mayo taking Jack by the hand is a little insensitive to what's just happened to Sumi. I know.
0: Stop taking hands.
1: That's it's really not okay.
0: It's also <laughs> insensitive because Jack doesn't like that. But we don't know
1: that yet. No, we don't know. That we much. know it about right now, though, because we we know that Sumi's lost her hands. Yes, but we don't know about Jack. Not yes. Yes, Jack
0: meticulously wipes her hands clean after arriving in Nancy's room and tells the story of the life she and Jill had and the door they went through. The twins' parents wanted their girls to be just so. Jack was to be pretty and Jill was to be smart, but it should have been the other way around. But all because it was easier to brush Jack's hair one day, she became the pretty one. Uh, (laughs) Their parents didn't seem to care for them at all So when they found a stairway in a trunk leading to a mysterious door They went in and to a land with moors under a red moon Jack was cared for by a mad scientist Who taught her of reanimating bodies with lightning And Jill had the master, a vampire Who promised Jill she could become his daughter one day things went wrong though and the scientist made a door for them to return jack knew it would be safer for them so she went willingly but jill had to be sedated now here they are i love how vastly different jack's story is from jill's story yes who's telling the truth
1: though i always envisioned um, their world, like the classic universal horror movies with Dr. Frankenstein mm. and Nosferatu and Dracula. Mm. Like it was that kind of that's how I saw their world. Yeah. Anywho. Cade comes to Nancy's room and he, Nancy and Jack, clean up Sumi's belongings, taking most everything to the attic. Cade says he'll stay in Nancy's room with her that night because it's not safe to be alone they talk about how everyone will think Jack and Jill are responsible because of where they came from, especially Jackson's she learned how, in easy to understand terms, to create Frankenstein's monsters Love it. Mm -hmm. Jack would not have left an entire body behind though and definitely would have used all of Sumi's parts, just wasteful otherwise so she seems unlikely she's the killer who could it be though? Mm. Interesting (laughs)
0: When they thought everyone would think Jack was responsible for Sumi's death, they were not wrong. Later, at dinner, a mean girl called L'Oreal and a friend of hers dump a bowl of soup on Jack, which is quite distressing for her as she does not like to be messy. Nancy stands up for Jack and tries to follow her out of the cafeteria, but Cade catches up and tells her that Jack and Joe will be fine.
1: That night, at their group therapy session, L'Oreal continues to call Jack a murderer, but Lundy finally puts a stop to it and asks L'Oreal to describe where her door took her. She travelled to a tiny land with a spider queen and a wasp prince, and, like Nancy's door taught her to be strong and still, L'Oreal's gave her exceptional vision because, after all, to be so tiny you need to be able to see tiny things. Eleanor joins them then and tells them that not all of them will find their doors again, Which leads to a boy, Christopher Who carries what looks to be a bone flute To ask why Eleanor's door stared And a discussion on door stability That causes another boy to get angry And curse out C.S. Lewis (laughs) I don't know about you But cursing out C.S. Lewis is a regular occurrence So this isn't odd to me Eleanor sends everyone to bed after that Because clearly emotions are frazzled And tensions are high (laughs) Sorry do you not curse at C.S. Lewis at a regular? Parents? You know Shakespeare gets it as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, that night, L'Oreal is murdered. Oh no. Womp
1: womp. <laughs> womp womp. She's a judgy bitch. I don't care. Oh, but you were calling me a judgy bitch earlier. Yeah. Well, I care if you got murdered? You'd be the
0: murderer. So, That's you know, true. Webs. I would. Also, Sumi is a judgy bitch. Everyone's
1: judgy today. <laughs> Sumi's a judgy bitch L'Oreal's a judgy bitch You were a judgy bitch But then you changed your mind So it's fine
0: (laughs) L'Oreal's roommate, Angela Who went through a door Where she could run on rainbows Discovered her on the lawn Which was not entirely unusual As L'Oreal often looked for her door outside When she couldn't sleep Like Sumi's hands were taken L'Oreal was missing her eyes Oh, it's definitely you Less
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> Suspect numero uno.
0: <laughs> Lundy and Eleanor gather everyone together during breakfast to tell them what happened, and Eleanor asks for help in getting rid of L'Oreal's body. While Lundy doesn't think any of this is appropriate, Eleanor thinks that telling one family their runaway daughter ran away instead of that she was murdered would keep everyone else safer. So that's what she decides to do.
1: <laughs> Fair. Jack, Christopher and Nancy volunteer to dispose of L'Oreal because they have the most experience dealing with the dead. And Cade, squeamishingly, tags along. They carry L'Oreal down to the basement where Jack and Jill live and melt her skin off with acid. It's a fantastically described scene, by it's the way. so good. So, oh. Krista reveals that might have been able to figure out who killed her by communicating with her skeleton, which is cool. Uh, Yeah, so cool. (laughs) Jack wonders why he never told her about his bone skills before and he reluctantly tells her because he loved having a social knife. and if he told anyone about this time with his skeletons, they would treat him basically the same way they treat Jack and Jill. And Nancy. And everyone who didn't go to a world full of rainbows and candy and sunshine. Which is understandable, but what's it's really sad. It is really sad. It's really, God, really sad. It's really sad. judgy in this.
0: No, judgy bitches.
1: Judgy bitches everywhere.
0: While L'Oreal's skin melts.
1: <laughs> Say that sentence again, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it again.
0: While L'Oreal's skin melts, they decide to go look for Jill. Jack has no idea where she would be because honestly, they're not friends. They're sisters. They just stick together because of circumstance. Nancy and Cade decide to go look outside while Jack and Christopher go to the cafeteria and their classrooms, and they plan to meet back up in Cade's attic regardless of if they find her or not. No one finds Jill, though Nancy and Cade run into Lundy, who very obviously thinks that Nancy is responsible for the deaths because she's the new person and because she's from a death world and she's friends with Jack. This upsets Nancy, but it's kind of logical. For everyone to think that
1: Mm, it's kind of judgy for everyone. Judgy, judgy bitches all (laughs) over the place. In Kate's adding, Jack has made everyone hot cocoa to match with their tastes because, as she astutely points out, cooking is basically science, and she's a mad scientist. (laughs) I just love this so goddamn (laughs) much. Nancy's cocoa has pomegranate molasses mixed in because that's a key fruit in the underworld. Christopher's has cinnamon. Kids has clotted cream fudge and Jack's has saline solution and Wolfsbane to taste like tears from the nose. Why aren't Starbucks doing these flavours? I need them all now. I don't know. <laughs> Ultimate barista skills. If she could make it taste like the sound of screaming, she would.
0: <laughs> okay. It's oh, so good. Um, I would just like to add in as an aside here, uh, this is where you should know 100% that Jack is my favourite character.
1: If if nobody's picked up that we absolutely freaking adore Jack by now, then not this. <laughs> they're being a judgy bitch. <laughs> judgy bitches. Oh, um, ultimate cocoa selection. Yes. As they sit
0: drinking their cocoa, They talk about how Sumi's hands were the best thing about her and the same about L'Oreal's eyes. Jack says her mad scientist, Dr. Bleak, would sometimes send her out collecting parts to create the best thing. And that sounds an awful lot like what is happening right now. Except she's the only mad scientist at the school. (laughs) Just then, Jill comes into the attic because it's the highest room in the school and the least likely place that Jack would be. Jill wonders why Jack left her alone for so long, and she replies that she was disposing of a body. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> the acid should have done its job by now. Ooh. Bing. A timer going off. Not just a random bing, that was. I got it. T- I, got okay. it. Yeah.
1: I, I got it. Yeah, I got it. You just made it awkward now. <laughs> Jack and Christopher go down to the basement, and yes, the acid has worked. Christopher plays his bone flute, and though no sound comes out that Jack can hear, she sees L'Oreal's skeleton rise from the acid bath. so cool. So cool. Jack begins to ask a million questions, but Christopher can't answer, because then he'd have to stop playing. Christopher gestures to the stairs, and Jack understands that Christopher is going to lead L'Oreal outside to bury her. They walk away through Eleanor's property to an area that is wild and overgrown. Before Christopher plays a skeleton to its burial, Jack asks her two questions. Can she understand her? A nod in the affirmative. And then Who killed you? The skeleton that was L'Oreal slowly rises a finger to point at nothing beside Jack. Now mm. Well, maybe she couldn't understand after all Christopher (laughs) continues to play his flute and L'Oreal's skeleton walks itself down into the ground How handy is that? So, it's so So handy. handy Yeah, yeah, I like that Back at the school, Eleanor
0: calls an assembly Since her door is still open to her she offers to let any student who could survive in a nonsense world pass through it and hide there Or stay there if they prefer. She also says any students who wish to may go back home with their parents. All of this makes her very sad because she wants to keep them all safe but isn't doing a very good job at the moment.
1: No, no.
0: (sighs) It's graded needs improvement. She cries into Cade as he hugs her and he tells Nancy that Eleanor is his great, great, great aunt and that one day, assuming the school doesn't get shut down, you know, immediately on account of all the murders, it will be his and he'll continue keeping kids safe that return from their doorways.
1: Cade and Christopher stay the night in Nancy's room and they wake up when they hear screaming. The three of them head outside and find another body. This time, it's Lindy and her brain is missing as they try to figure out what to do and who would do such a thing L'Oreal's friend group led by Angela arrives at the scene accusing them of murder and of kidnapping their friend Serafina Nancy has no idea who that even is and neither do we at this point because we've never mentioned them Angela tells Nancy, Christopher, and Kate that she and her friends went to the nice worlds with rainbows and sparkles, not ghosts and bones. And deciding that girls can be boys if they want to be. Fucking yikes! Seriously, ugh, <sighs> judgy, judging bitches. bitches. Even Angela's friends think that's a pretty disgusting comment. Good. Yeah. And so does Eleanor, who arri- arrives at that same time. She sends everyone back to their rooms, and as they get back to the school, Angela doubles down on Cade, but Christopher stands up for him. Before they go back inside, Jack calls out to them. She's bleeding from her shoulder, and then she passes out. Damn it! Angela, fuck off. Jerk.
0: (laughs) Cade and Christopher carry Jack inside, and Nancy, as she does sometimes when she gets scared or nervous, goes completely still like she always did in her underworld she felt safe but only for a moment for just a moment later she saw jill walk by with blood on her mouth after jill walks by nancy unfreezes herself and rushes inside to tell her friends and eleanor that jill is the one responsible and jack agrees and apologizes for not realizing sooner. She gets up and goes after her sister, and Nancy, Cade, and Christopher follow. Jack knows that Jill will be going to the attic, because she knows what she's doing. She's trying to build a
1: skeleton key to open the door to the moors. In the attic, Jill has Serafina tied to a table. Nancy tries to stop her from hurting the girl but Jill is only concerned with building the perfect girl with all the best parts because no door would be out of a perfect girl's reach. Nancy pleads with Jill that she's keeping these girls from moving on to their afterlives but Jill doesn't care. All she wants to do is get back to her master where she belongs but as she's monologuing Jack sneaks up behind her sister and stabs her with a pair of scissors. Excellent. With
0: her sister dead, Jack tells them that Dr. Bleak only kept Jill away because she was turning into a monster whilst trying to become a vampire, and the townsfolk through their doorway didn't want her there anymore. But because Jack wouldn't leave her sister by herself, she went through the doorway with her back into this world. Now that Jill is dead, though Jack will be bringing her back to life momentarily, Jack is able to go through the doorway again and cuts it into the air with the bloody scissors. Jill will never be able to become a vampire now, so she can go back to their world too, though she probably won't be very happy about it when she comes back to life.
1: With Jack and Jill gone, the rest of the semester passes peacefully. Nancy's parents have been begging her to come back home and while that's pretty much the exact last thing she wants to do, she agrees to go so that maybe they'll let her come back to Eleanor's school when the next semester begins. She still wants to go through her doorway back into her underworld but knows that might not happen and is okay with that. Maybe she'll get to be the Lundy to kids Eleanor and together the two of them will run the school and keep wayward children safe for years to come.
0: Kate brings Nancy her suitcase filled with rainbow clothes to appease her parents. And when she opens it to look at the colorful clothes inside, she sees a note from Sumi that she must have snuck in that very first day. The note tells Nancy that nobody gets to tell her how her story ends but her. And when she finally accepts that as true, her doorway appears. Nancy walks through into the underworld full of pomegranates and stillness and is finally happy again. End! Such a good end. Hi, I'm Bethany Finger, the host of Prince Kai Thampod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. Join me every week during my read-along journey through all of the books by author Marissa Meyer one chapter at a time, spoiler-free. Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai FanPod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show.
1: How do you move on from that? Oh, seriously.
0: I guess you just just hop right in. And start talking about what happened. Standout moments. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only thing that you can do.
1: It is. It's our doorway. Our
0: doorway full of
1: judgy bitches. Oh my god, so many judgy bitches. So many judgy
0: bitches.
1: (sighs) I couldn't believe it, actually. And I... I noticed it when I was reading it, how judgy people were. But because it's interspersed with a lot more narrative and storytelling and stuff, didn't notice it quite so much. as when, obviously, it's been boiled down into the summary. It's like, whoa, whoa, it's really bad. Everyone's a dickhead. Yeah. So, yeah judgy bitches about judgy bitches
0: i think one of my favorite things about this book and the rest of the series as well is that everything goes really really quickly but at the same time it doesn't feel too rushed it's like you just get the little bits of stuff that you need to progress the story and there's not a whole lot of fluff and a whole lot of oh but I just miss my underworld and now I'm going to sit still for 8 hours and not talk to anyone but I'm going to describe everything that I'm doing while I'm sitting still
1: it doesn't happen no it doesn't, it's like I miss the underworld Okay, moving on to the next part of the book I really appreciate that it just boils it down to the essentials and it's not missing a single thing, is it? No. You don't. You still get the impression that they desperately want to go back to their worlds, yes, or that they resolve never to go back to their worlds, yes. You know, you still get the sense of who the characters are. You just don't have pages or hours of exposition that is needless. Which I think I don't know if that says a lot about what books, how books are, or how the design for specific readers or you know, there's there's gotta be some sort of tale that it it tells you something. It tells you something.
0: Yeah. But like at the same time I like I like reading books that are eight hundred pages long.
1: Oh yeah. But as long as it's not eight hundred pages of waffle. Yes. You know, I think I think what this does is teach you that actually you can tell a story Without having, like we say, all that exposition, you know, you get to the point. The journey's there, and everything was excellent, and you get a very big sense of each of the characters.
0: Yes, and I I liked how many characters there were, and that they're all very different, but they're all very similar as well. You know, like Christopher and Jack and Jill. And Nancy all went to these like death themed underworld creepy scary sort of places and so while they're all all of their worlds are very very different they're able to get along really well with each other mm. And like I just I just really really like that though I hate that Christopher didn't connect with Jack sooner yeah you know, because he was worried because everyone, you know, essentially bullied Jack and Jill, and he didn't. He didn't want to go through that, which is understandable.
1: But it sucks. It does. It does. I liked the core of Kid and Christopher and Jack and Nancy. I like that the 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 logical underworld one. I think it's because I probably relate to them a bit more. Like somewhat spoilers for going for the witch rather i do not like the rainbows and sparkles and the sunshines and you know i i am a girl that appreciates glitter yes but as i've said on the outside i am black
0: yeah and see like, i'm my, i'm dead on my the...
1: aesthetic is goth yes
0: i <laughs> uh, see i'm dead on the inside but sparkly on the outside
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly
0: um, but I do, I I I like that and you said it earlier that you imagined Jack and Jill's world being like a, a Dracula or Frankenstein movie, and that and it, they are described as that. Those are Hammer films, yeah. And like, it's so perfect because that's exactly that's exactly how she describes their world, and then everyone talks about it being how their world is described. So it's just. It's so good. She's so like
1: succinct. And I it's, it gets the point and it gets yes. the visualization, doesn't yes. it?
0: Yes. Yeah, I just love it. You can
1: see the cinematic nature of this book. Yes.
0: Oh, could you imagine the scene with L'Oreal's bones rising from the acid while Christopher's yes. just sitting over there playing a little flute? Yes. It would, be so I cool. wish, it would be so cool it
1: would be so cool I wish and as much as I did enjoy the series but you know Wednesday on Netflix mm-hmm. I wish this would be made into a TV series oh, instead of Wednesday it would be so cool. because I mean to be fair Sumi and Wednesday Nancy Sumi is as is the, 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 the best friend and I cannot remember yeah I her know name. I just went blank as and well and Nancy is Wednesday yes you can see it, can't you? Yes. You can see. Yes. It's exactly that, and it's like, well, what came first? I mean, the
0: Adams um, family came before Wayward. Well, children. yes,
1: but in terms, <laughs> uh, you did, but in terms of the Enid, cre- the the as- Enid, thank you, yes. the aesthetics between Enid and Wednesday, yeah. It's Nancy and Sumi, and. This came first, and it would have been nice to have seen it because you know, especially with YA, it's all it, you know, it, it, it's especially in adaptations, it's kind of taken this like twist where it's not happy, perky rom coms, mm-hmm. it's you know, there's swords and blood and death and magic and mysticism and fantasy, mm-hmm. and they're saying, Oh, well, our audience are aimed at YA. But it's fan you know, fan Parents can enjoy it as well. Mm. Um, but also our audience are not stupid. Yeah. You know they don't want trivial things. They don't need to have boy problems. You know, no. their problems are oh shit, somebody's died, and that person's being a judgy bitch over there. Yeah.
0: Oh, my roommate died immediately. <laughs> we had no time to form a connection. No because of immediate death which we've talked about several books lately that contain immediate death and we
1: love them and so here's another one is immediate death i don't want to build a connection with a particular character i want those characters to die you know just let's, let's get it in there
0: um something else that i appreciated about this book is um how everyone is okay with nancy being asexual Although Cade didn't quite realize it at first, and then she kind of explained it. You're like, I don't I don't really wanna go out on a date with anyone. And he's like, Oh, damn. And she's like, No, no, no. I mean anyone. Like ever. I don't wanna do that. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. Let's be let's be best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. And the same with Cade being a boy, even though Angela was a judgy bitch about it, like everyone else. Everyone else is fine. Because that's how it should be. Because that's how it should be. In real life. <laughs> it's amazing. Well not it's not all black and white. Well, Nancy is.
1: Nancy is aesthetically.
0: <laughs> I would like to see her hair. Cause her hair was all black except. For where, where there like, was a stroke. Yeah so then all of the rest of the color leached away because it was jealous like how fun is that
1: <laughs> <laughs> also how is it like a strict strand or does it kind of like you know because if you stroked your hair it, it's not one just one strand it kind of half goes into other hair as well yeah i
0: want and i do that all the time i all yeah? the
1: time push my hair back with with my hand. I'm just I mean, just doing it now. Yeah. Like you'll touch you might have one or two like a little bit that's full strand, but half of your hair is gonna get touched. So does that mean perpetually because that's not how hair works. No. And, and Sumi so, did
0: comment on how she had a shitty dye job. So yeah, it probably, so thinking, it probably just looks well it, it probably it doesn't have to wear look on great
1: No, and it doesn't... So it doesn't matter where on that hair it was touched. It was the whole... That hair was touched. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So it would be from root to tip that that she'll have a weird streak. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little... I kind of got um rogue from X-Men kind of.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Although I don't imagine if someone... Frankenstein's Bride. Maybe more
1: Frankenstein's Bride
0: because I feel like if someone was touching was running their fingers through your hair they probably wouldn't start at your forehead <laughs> you know it, no, would, it would probably be, be like back here in the back on the side something yeah that was. Depend- the- it depends on how they're facing you yeah it's a very long and weird conversation that really has nowhere to go because we have no idea
1: well considering how we feel about other people touching hair as well it's like stop stroking my hair no stop you it. are not brushing my do hair put not, the brush down do not brush someone else's hair no. no, can we please talk about casually disintegrating the flesh of a skeleton with acid yes I think I mean I don't feel like I need to say too much more than that but no. other than that
0: cool no but oh my god that scene i love it so much because i don't remember who it was who said it but Cade and christopher and nancy are down there with jack and her acid and they're like why do you have so much acid? And she's like, well, it seems that I don't have too much acid. I have the perfect amount of acid. Like, yes, that's not <laughs> what we're talking about.
1: Why do you have it? Is it is, isn't it fortunate that I have the acid in the first yeah. place? But why do you have why it? Why do you have the acid? <laughs> and she, you know, they're just, just looking. Yeah. Just looking. Yes, looking. I'm playing the bone flute. Oh. So cool. Amazing. Amazing. The um, the Jack and Jill. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you heard Jack and Jill, I was like, yeah, okay, which one of them's doing it? Which one's the bad one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which one's the bad one? Because one. then it's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's always... You know, when you have twins, there's usually a creepy one and there's usually a perky one. I never trust the perky twin, no. ever. I don't trust perky people. I mean how that's my that's all my always my question with perkiness yeah how yeah um but it's like jack it could never have been jack no otherwise it would have been the biggest it would have been a massive it would have been my surprise number one and it would have been a huge plot twist like it was jack because yeah. jack was just so such a good character in yeah. terms of like you know you understood jack's motivation you understood why Jack was the way that they were and you know just got this really sense of Mm the logicalness um, behind them and you know there was just Jack's just a good character yes and it would be devastating if it turns out that Jack was a murderer and you know no more Jack so it was like well Jill's never really there and there were hints in between especially L'Oreal's skeleton pointing at the space next Jack yeah Hello.
0: But I liked how immediately they were like, or there was the setup, like, does she understand? If I ask her a question, is she going to be able to answer? And Christopher's like, you know. And when she asks, like, can you understand me? She only, like, tilts her head down. So you you don't really know. It's
1: not a definitive
0: yes. Yes, and then, you know, you point over there. Well, fuck. Like, she
1: doesn't understand.
0: But I don't know. It was just so... It's so
1: good. Yeah, it wasn't a massive surprise that it turned out to be Jill being a murderer. Yeah, I mean, I'm really surprised that no one realized it
0: was Jill. Especially Jack.
1: Yeah... I also kind of think, well, Jack only tolerated Jill, yeah, because they were sisters. Yeah, and they, she kind
0: of did. Everyone kind of treated Jill like, like she was just like a ditzy, nothing. Like no one cares about her because all she wants to do is wear frilly dresses and become a vampire. Which, you know what? Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. But she didn't have a lot of substance. Yeah. No one gave her a lot of credit for anything, so that was also that was also really well done.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree. But completely one hundred percent obvious that she was the murderer. Yes, yes. I don't know how, how how I don't I don't know how many pages the physical book is because I, I listened to the audio book, which is really really well done. Yes. Who's who? Which character was from Oklahoma? Cade was a kid. Yeah. Cade and. Kidd has this fantastic twang and every time Cade was on I was thinking about um super fan Annie and how she'll be so happy that there is an Oklahoma character yes so I was like yes yes she'll be so happy but, you know, so 169 again, pages down, in this how many sorry 169 it wow I that is, to me, a massive selling point for the book: the fact it's short and it tells such a good story yes. in so few pages. And I'm feeling very protective over Nancy and Jack and Cade and Christopher. Like, I do not want anything bad to happen to these characters. Yeah, and it's done that in 165 pages. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what else to say apart from it's such a good book and I'm looking forward to the other ones and the possibilities that the other worlds are going to bring yeah like yeah it's exciting like <laughs> um it really is like I would love to meet Dr Bleak yeah oh and who is engaged to the 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 born the born princess Christopher the born Girl. Christopher, yes. with a
0: skeleton girl. Skeleton girl, yes. And then, like, but his family, oh. when he ran away, in quotes, you know, they think that he just fell in love with a girl who's really anorexic and she died. And they're like, can you can you remember her name, sweetie? You keep calling her skeleton girl, but what's her real name? Because we need to tell her family that she's dead. And well, he's, he's not like, nah. She's, not dead. she's actually a skeleton. Jack and Christopher were my favorite characters,
1: by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Jack definitely was. And like the rest of the, you know,
0: I don't know, I really like Cade as well. I like Cade too, yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you know, I'm just going to, I'm I'm sorry, it's going to happen. I'm going to say Jack. I'm going to say Christopher. I'm going to say Cade and I'm going to say Nancy. I really like those four. Yeah. And I refuse to boil it down any further than that. You will have to get flesh flesh disintegrating acid and I don't think you have any left. Because you had just enough. Because you had just enough.
0: I know (laughs) that I haven't done this in a long time but I'm really excited that one, that you liked this book as much as you did and that we're going to continue it as our book club series and that we're going to talk about all of the rest of them throughout the year but i've i've read them all apart from you know the newest one that's not out yet but i just i just can't wait for you to experience the other books because they're done in such an interesting and intriguing way yeah
1: so good i'm looking forward to it it's i'm i, I, I mean we had it as a, one of our private discussions that when we were talking about this year and what we wanted to to cover or do or etc etc um that i said it'd be nice to actually cover a series again mm-hmm. it feels like it's been too long since we've done a series from end to end I yes. can't remember apart from Twilight last year at the beginning of last year when we've done that. No we didn't I mean, because the year before the, the we... The unfamiliar comics we have because the second one came out yeah. and we did we've done the second one so, but that's like ongoing again but yeah. Well it's because it's because of Suki.
0: We got so burned out on Suki the year before but I don't I don't have that fear this time with this series because like it's known it, it, it could be a spoiler, but like it's known if you look into any information about this series that every other book takes place like book one is at the school, book two is in another world, book three is at the school, book four is in another world. It's very widely known, but it could have been a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So if it was, I'm sorry.
1: But I—you've avoided a spoiler. It's fine, right? <laughs> but I
0: don't think like we got a little bit tired of Sukie. I don't think that that's going to happen with this series because they're
1: so vastly different,
0: and I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, Sam. No, Sam. Um. Like say when we had our private conversation, we'll talk about covering that series, and you said that each book is different. That it's it's not going to happen where we're going to have, and that was one of the big things with Sookie was it was repetitive. Yes, and we had the same issues yes. over and over and over again, and in some, I mean, they weren't long books by any any stretch of the imagination, but and I'm sorry if I'm harking on about how. Like compact and you know quick these ones are. It tells the story as much as it, the t- story needs to be told. Yes. Nothing more, nothing less. Yes. Which I can completely appreciate. Again, it's it's going to make sure that our interest and the interest of the book club members is going to be kept, mm-hmm. which is great. And the other bonus is because we're covering one book every month and we're releasing the book club book. Episode fairly early in the series, in the month, mm-hmm. you know, it's first, you know, second or third week, it means that we can have an ongoing conversation as and people aren't like we say it's chill, it's low pressure. It's just short enough for people to be able to catch up and join in the conversation mm-hmm. as they work their way through the series as well. Yeah. Anywho, shall we move on to what you want? Yes, I believe that we should. Would you rather We asked on social media, would you rather live in a nonsense world? That's probably virtuous. Uh, or a logical world, that's probably wicked. Semantics, baby, semantics. On Facebook, it was a face face straight up fifty fifty. On Instagram fifty-seven percent said nonsense, on TikTok sixty nine said nonsense, and on Threads sixty-seven said logical. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Mm. Bree on Facebook said, My alignment tends to be chaotic good and D D. Let's fill the rest of the world with it. Virtuous nonsense.
0: Drew on Facebook says I'm here for all the nonsense.
1: Emily on Facebook said, we all need nonsense in our lives.
0: Constance on Facebook said, I want wicked logic, thank you very much. I feel like virtuous nonsense would give me a
1: headache. Coral on Facebook said, I think I would do much better with logic to handle the wickedness. Katrina on Facebook said, ooh, it's tough.
0: I want logical, but also I don't want a wicked world, so I
1: vote for nonsense. Claire on Facebook said, I need logic. Things need to make sense. And that's not me, Claire. It's another Claire. Jen on
0: Instagram said, I absolutely want to live in a nonsense world. Of course, my world would be full of talking cats and rabbits and we'd go on a great adventure.
1: Not a rainbow in sight. I love it. Robin stuff on Instagram said, definitely a nonsense world.
0: And finally, Crinoline Lafroy on Threads said, Nonsense world sounds easier to navigate. I may change my mind after reading. I'm really looking forward to this book. Yes. It's amazing.
1: What do you pick? Logical world. Same. Same with what Constance was saying. The nonsense world would give me a headache. I am not a fan of Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) And that entire... Yeah, the entire thing. No, no. Mm-mm. So... I think for me, it's...
0: It's the wicked that I want, because obviously, hello, dead on the inside. But I like the, the logic of it as well. Like, mm. I know that, like I said earlier, dead on the inside, sparkly on the outside. But I don't think I could keep up with running on rainbows and you know a candy corn farmer
1: and just bunkers stuff all over the place. See, I like the idea of Nancy when sometimes she just goes perfectly still. Yeah. I do that. Sometimes I do. I just stop and I'm convinced I don't even breathe. Yeah. And I I I like that. I like the aesthetic. Mm. Uh it it would be living my goth emo Halloween hammer house of horrors dream life. Yes. And I want bones. I want yeah. blood. I want a mad scientist laboratory in my basement. Yeah. I want a castle on a hill that has permanent lightning strikes going around yeah. and howls of wolves in the background. Yes, and a
0: blood red I, moon, I want... and screams being the flavor
1: of your hot cocoa. Yes, I yes, I want a graveyard with mounds permanently disturbed. Yes, yes, it, that is mm, fuels me. Yes, the idea fuels me. Yes, I'm wearing a witchy t-shirt today, even if it is in green as well. Oh. So I want that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm wearing Gothic. <laughs>
0: My dead house
1: hoodie. See? so
0: like it's perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it it makes sense. Yeah. And we get to reanimate corpses, because yeah. who doesn't want to be a necromancer right? or potentially a vampire? Right. Or, uh, you, you, oh. So good. Open that door. Yes. <sighs> okay.
0: Would you rather Have Sumi's hands or L'Oreal's eyes. Now, this could be you. You could, like, be really dexterous and be able to do things with your hands really well like Sumi can. Or you could have the eyes that L'Oreal has and be able to see really well. Which would you rather pick? Or, you know, you can just collect
1: them if you want to, if that's the way you want to take this question. I'm going to give you... My answer, which is, I want the dexterity of Sumi's hands and I want L'Oreal's eyes in a jar. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that. I would like to be able to see really well, like L'Oreal, and then I'll have Sumi's hands and she'll just hold all my rings.
1: I could, you could have like a monkey's paw.
0: Yes, but I don't want to make wishes and then bad things happen. Because that's what happens when you, you have You do a monkey the whole paw. talk
1: to me thing.
0: Yes. Or, oh my gosh, I just went blank. Lost Girls? Was it Lost yes. Girls? And we make... Art. Art. Hand art. Yeah. Yes. But I really like... We didn't mention this in the summary. But L'Oreal, she can see so well and see all of the tiny things. She has to wear, like carnival glass glasses to like distort her eyes so she doesn't you know freak out in the regular world so i would love to just have really cool sunglasses on all the time
1: well you can wear those and still have sumi's hands you don't have to have the the eyesight
0: but i want the eyesight too so i'm gonna take i'm gonna
1: take the eyesight and and collect sumi's hand I'm gonna have the hands and collect the eyes. Okay. But not from you. I'm gonna leave you your eyes. Thank you. I will take L'Oreal's eyes Thank and you. have them in a job. Yes. Please yes. reciprocate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. Would you rather live in Nancy's underworld or in Christopher's born world? And I'm not gonna include anybody else's. Because it would ultimately boil down to these two. So we have to have the hard choice.
0: Okay. Um. Gosh. I think I want to live in Christopher's bone world. And we don't know just a ton about that. But Nancy's world seems it would be too still for me and I know that we picked Logic and Wicked earlier because we were you know put off by the nonsenseness of all of the crazy things that happen but I feel like the Bone World would be just weird enough that I would be
1: satisfied okay I'm gonna pick Nancy's Underworld like I say sometimes I like stillness Mm -hmm. and the quiet and the idea of standing like a statue appeals to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Would you rather age very slowly, so being one hundred years old is more like you're sixty, or would you rather age in reverse, where one month subtracts one week from your age? So. Are you Eleanor, or are
1: you Lundy? I'm going to age slowly, because I do not want the Benjamin Button effect. No. No. And
0: then, like, what happens at the end? Do you just, like, you turn into a fetus, and then you're just a fetus rolling around? Yeah. I, I don't
1: like that idea. I
0: don't want to be a fetus.
1: No. It gets, I mean, I know you, you say that you start life dependent, you end life dependent. But I think if you're an old person, you can still have some moderate amount of control over, I don't know, wiping your own butt. Yeah. But you cannot um, wipe your butt if you are a fetus. Exactly. And I, I want to be a crotchety old person who can, you know, go and buy glue. To make my crafts with my sumi hands, mm-hmm. and not be carded. Yeah, <laughs> for buying Britstick at the yeah. at the grocery store. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I can't imagine being stuck in a five year old's body with the brain of an adult. Oh no, that sounds like torture. I mean, that's 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 going down. Interview with a vampire. Yes kind of roots. No. No. I want to be an adult in an adult body. So I will age slowly and wickedly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Same. Definitely the same. It's also it's it's a little bit sad to me that Lundy essentially can you know never grow up because she made that deal when she's about to turn eighteen or whatever, whatever happened in her world with the Fae because she didn't want to turn 18 because when you turn 18 you get kicked out so she didn't want to do that so very cleverly stupidly she made a deal and she got kicked out anyway but you know she's she's not gonna you know fall in love and have a career and all of that sort of stuff
1: Although she, is, she not, does have a career he, he, she's a
0: teacher but she's an 8 year old teacher and that's weird
1: and she's never going to have the interpe- she's, she can't have independence because the thing is if she goes and travels to another place what could happen she's an 8 year old by herself yeah no yeah. no yeah. no I'll be an adult in an adult body thank you very much yeah same last question would you rather be a subject of the lord of the dead, the goblin king, queen of cakes, or queen of dust, who might be a spider?
0: <laughs> I do not want to go into the world with the spiders and the bugs and the wasps and all of that stuff. Nope. Nope. That seems very, very creepy. I do not want to do that.
1: Um, is the goblin king... I mean, the, f- the Goblin King just screams Jareth to me. Right. It's like.
0: <sighs> is it Jareth? If it's Jareth, I'll take the Goblin King. Same z's. If it's not. <laughs> Probably Lord of the Dead. Because, yeah. like, Queen of Cakes is obviously going to be Sumi's world since she's the love of her life is the candy corn farmer. She's obviously from a world made of candy oh no I feel like I would just straight up die there
1: yeah you take one breath and inhale a load of icing sugar and die yeah yeah I like cake too much to be surrounded by it
0: yeah and then would it be weird if you're just like
1: eating a mountain or something I, I don't want to eat the candy king farmer don't want to live in a gingerbread house. No. Don't want any of that. It just sounds sticky. Yeah. No. I've got enough I've got enough weight problems without adding to those complications. <laughs> now I'm going to go with the door of the dead. I'm going to stick with my aesthetic. I'm going to okay. I'm going to be remain true to my soul.
0: Okay. Yeah. I feel like I probably should too because the Goblin King came from the world that Cade came from called Prism. And it was very like fairy taleish.
1: Hmm. So it I just screams Labyrinth. Yeah. You have no power over me. Do I not get out of the door though? The yeah. door use it. Yeah. So I should probably I should probably also go with Lord of the Dead.
0: Because it's probably not Jareth.
1: I mean you could knock on the door and see who answers. And then make a decision.
0: <sighs> yeah, but did I pick the right door or am I gonna you know, go into that tunnel with all the hands.
1: Oh, that's not a good one. Mm-mm. It's big. It's a bit grabby.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Lord of the Dead. Be safe. <laughs> yeah. Safe <today. sighs> okay. Favorite final thought quote. What do you have?
1: Um, I'm gonna. I've got three. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the sensible ones first. Sure. This world is unforgiving and cruel to those that judges as even the slightest bit outside the norm.
0: Yep. Judgy bitches. Judgy bitches.
1: She was a woman with something to protect that made her more dangerous than they could ever have suspected. Yes. Okay, this one's a long one um, but it's for the last line. Okay. <laughs> Listen carefully where did you find the whipped cream he asked you had milk I had science said Jack it's amazing how much culinary achievement can be summarised by that sentence cheese making for example the perfect intersection of milk science and foolish disregard for the laws of nature <laughs> <laughs> and I've got my little gouda look at my little gouda oh, you got
0: your little, your little cheese yeah. cheese squeeze squeeze
1: squeeze squeezy, squeezy. so soft so soft <laughs> Hmm. Mm. I'm going to put you on the potato later. (laughs) We'll have a moment.
0: (sighs) Okay. What have you got? I've got four. Some of them are serious. Some of them are not. Real is a four-letter word, and I'll thank you to use it as little as possible while you live under my roof.
1: (laughs) I like that one.
0: Who wouldn't want to go down an impossible staircase in the bottom of a trunk? I want to. You can't paint underpants. Well, you can, but then they come out all stiff, and no one believes you didn't mess them. And finally, this one's very, very serious. We notice the silence of men. We depend upon the silence of women.
1: Yes. Oh. Yes, I had that one as well, and I was like, "That's just amazing." Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it's such a good mix of funny commentary, story like like snippets, mm-hmm. like you know the cheese and stuff, but also there's some fantastic, like really gritty quotes. Yes. In one hundred sixty-five pages, I know I can't. I can't see enough good things. No, it's amazing. Read the book. Yeah, join the book club. Join book club on Discord. <laughs> find fictional
0: hangover on Discord. See our posts on social media on how to join the Discord. Discord. Go to
1: the website fictionalhangover and find the link there. Discord. Discord. Discord.
0: <laughs> if you liked this, try this. What? Are you going to suggest? Well,
1: I haven't read a lot of portal fantasy books that I could recall while thinking about it. The Thousand Doors of January I'm not gonna recommend. You can listen to the book. Listen to the fine, audiobook,
0: because but... the audiobook was great, but uh
1: Learn the Audiobook from the library. Yes. And enjoy the, the the narration. Yes.
0: Enjoy January Lavoie being three people in a trench coat. Yes.
1: I'm going to recommend, because I've seen this recommend quite a lot in the bookstores and on library websites and, and lists, A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab and I think V.E. Schwab's one of these where well, I've read a few of her pieces and some of them are fantastic, mm. some of them are okay mm. um, but she's an accessible writer Yes. Uh, and this one is hashtag not so tenuous link Kel is one of the last Antari, magicians with a rare coveted ability to travel between parallel londons, gray, red, white, and once upon a time, black. Kel was raised in Arnis, red, London, and officially serves the Marish Empire's ambassador, traveling between the frequent bloody regime changes in white London and the court of George III, in the dullest of londons, the one without any magic left to see. Unofficially, Kel is a smuggler servicing people willing to pay for even the smallest glimpses of a world they'll never see. It's a defined hobby with dangerous consequences which Kel is now seeing first hand. After an exchange goes awry, Kel escapes to grey London and runs into Delia Bard, a cut purse with lofty aspirations. She first robs him, then saves him from a deadly enemy and finally forces Kel to spirit her to another world for a proper adventure. Now perilous magic is afoot and treachery lurks in every turn. To save all of the worlds, they will first need to stay alive. Ooh. Staying alive is a good thing. You need to do that first. Yes. Generally point one of any plan. Yes. Yes. So it does sound interesting. Yes. If you're ever going to London. <laughs> she harkens back to... <laughs> you <laughs> just... are in London. You are Amanda. You are in London. <laughs> you are in London. <laughs> L- L-. Wink. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> please see our social medias for our best moments from 2023. Yes, please. Right. What have you got to recommend?
0: Well, I am going to suggest one that I have not read, but I do have it checked out currently. And I am going to listen to the audiobook. And I just feel like everyone should know that the audiobook is only three hours long. So it's going to be Ooh, nice. a tiny little. Just delicious chunk of a book, I can only imagine. I
1: could listen to that before I go to bed tonight. I
0: know, because we listen at at least two times speed, if not more. <laughs> okay, so it's called Finna by Nino Cipri. When an elderly customer at a Swedish big box furniture store, but not that one, slips through a portal to another dimension, it's up to two minimum wage employees to track her across the multiverse and protect their company's bottom line. Multidimensional swashbuckling would be hard enough, but those two unfortunate souls broke up a week ago. Oh, it's going to be terrible. To find the missing granny, Ava and Jules will brave carnivorous furniture swarms of identical furniture spokespeople and the deep resentment simmering between them <laughs> can friendship blossom from the ashes of their relationship in infinite dimensions all things are possible
1: yeah i'm gonna listen to this tonight before I go yeah to bed.
0: <laughs> sounds super fun it kind of gave me horror store vibes a little bit because it's yes. not it's not that store. It's not that one. The legal reasons, it's not that one. Yeah.
1: Sounds super fun. Well, I'm, I'm suffering from insomnia right now, so this is going to be my three o'clock in the morning lesson. Nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Might as well fill the time with practicality. Yes. Do we have anything on the New and Indie Spotlight?
0: Yes, we do. Um, I found this one scouring the internet for fantastic new things coming out this year. Mm -hmm. This is called Times Agent by Brenda Peinado, and it comes out in August. So we've got a little while to wait before this one comes out, but it sounds very interesting. What would you do given another universe? A do-over. Forty years ago, archaeologist Raquel and her biologist wife Marlena once dreamed of the mysteries they would unlock in their respective fields using pocket universes, geographically small hidden offshoots of reality, each with its own fast or slow time dilation relative to Earth time, and the future they would open up for their daughter. But that was then. Forty years later, Raquel is in disgrace. Marlena lives in a pocket universe Raquel wears around her neck and no longer speaks to her. What's left of their daughter's consciousness resides in a robotic dog, and time is a commodity controlled by corporations squeezing out every last penny they can. So, when a new pocket universe appears, one that might hold the key to her failed calling, Raquel seizes one last chance to redeem herself to her wife, live up to her own failed ideals, and confront what it means to save something, or someone, from time. interesting. Pocket universes sounds really cool, and also their daughter is a dog.
1: (laughs) Fur babies are... Just as real as human babies. But it
0: was a real human baby, and then it became a robot dog.
1: Yeah, well, it's just more manageable that way, isn't
0: it? Yes. I don't know. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> oh. I found that. Oh, I should say where I found that from. Um, I found that on a website very aptly titled with this episode, everybookadorway.com oh yeah right it's perfect
1: perfect (laughs) to be fair it doesn't matter what the book was about you had to recommend something from that right i know
0: (laughs) okay so that's it for this episode of fictional hangover i'm amanda
1: and i'm claire
0: join us next time as we discuss bookshops and bone dust by travis baldry Look out for our Would You Rather polls and monthly challenges on social media. Don't forget about our book club on Discord, where we're talking about this book series right now. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book.
1: You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram, Threads, TikTok and YouTube at fictionalhangover and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.